0: friends and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm Brad Piran and I'll be your host for today's episode. And I'm joined in the studio with my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Dan Dimatte and Mr. Aaron Richards. Hey Brad. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm living the dream. This Amen. is the best day. Ever. Amen, the best day right now. Um, it's exciting to be with you guys. If you're here with us for the first time, this is the show where encounter meets mission. Ultimately, what we mean by that is that every encounter we have with Jesus, should lead us to mission with Jesus. And so we discuss on every episode a question that comes from you, our listeners and our viewers, so that we can like wrestle with what the answer to that might be and then propel us on mission during our mission momentum at the end of the episode. And uh, I'm excited for uh, today and for the question that we have. So we're going to throw it over to you, Jack. What is the question of the week?
1: The question of the week, Brad, is why do people think Catholics worship Mary?
0: Why do people Ooh. think Catholics worship? Is that, it's a, this is a spicy
2: one. Is this is this a direct response to some of the comments we've had the last few weeks? That's,
0: yeah, true. Yeah, there's been a little back and forth in the comments section, okay. which you should do on this episode. And before I go ahead and throw my two cents in, subscribe if you haven't already <laughs> here to Beyond Damascus, my two well, cents.
2: Uh, I'm glad you're going first. I'm going to yeah. do some research while you talk.
0: Okay, great. Um, Yeah, a little off kilter, but no. Um. My two cents. So, why do people think that Catholics worship Mary? I would answer it this way because if we merely define worship as reverence we do worship mary okay. and um and i think that like, like what happens so this is often, not though, helping uh, the cause I, it's, it's Brad. helping it's helping <laughs> no what what yeah they're gonna like clip that yeah, out that and is it's gonna be this like is uh, gonna mask damascus Catholics says that do Catholics worship. do in fact well that's the short you, for today it, but here's the thing is like a lot of the apologetic <laughs> arguments that we have it just comes down to semantics a lot of times we're just using words that mean different things. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, like when we ask this question, I would bet that the listeners thinking, it's a bad thing that people think that Catholics worship Mary because worship is only unto God alone. But that depends on how we're defining the word worship, right? Like, yes, there is a sense of the word worship that should be for God alone. And, And actually it goes back like, when we look at the Latin, when we look at the history of the church, We've used different words for reverence and for veneration over time. A veneration just re- really being the reverence of a person, right, like revering a person. And the, the words for reverence and veneration uh, break down fundamentally into two. One is latria and one is dulia. And latria is a certain type of reverence, a certain type of veneration that is high worship. And it's unto God alone. So if you were to say that you latria anything but God, that would be blasphemous. Because God alone is worthy of that sort of worship. I'm sorry, my immature brain is like, latria? Like, I I I latria this. Yeah, I latria this, yeah. yeah. But no, seriously, it matters because we're gonna begin getting into arguments that actually don't matter if we don't like get words right, right? Like
2: the same about praise. Exactly. We praise Jesus only. Precisely. I praise. People all the time. Well, yeah, and if I,
0: I'm, I'm going to get back into the Mary side, but we even do this with like when we call praise and worship, worship, and when we call the mass, the high form of worship, like we're, we're just, we're, we're using it to say unto God, like glory unto God. And, yes. and the highest glory unto God is the offering of Jesus Christ to the father that happens at the mass. All of the worship outside of the mass leads to the offering of Jesus to the father. We know that, but we're just using words and we get in these arguments all the time. But on the other side of Latria is Dulia. And Dulia is a reverence or a veneration that comes to people who have lived lives that we want to emulate. Look at Paul when he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's an invitation to reverence a way of life that he's living, right? A saintly way of life. And and when we look at the saints who have passed on to glory, that's when Dulia is appropriate. It's when oh my goodness, the life you lived was unto the Lord. And I want to live like that too. Man, I honor that. In the same way that I honor you guys for gifts in your life, we honor them for their walks with the Lord. And and then there's a little distinction where we will say that because of the supreme grace that God gave to Mary, unmerited by her, coming from the the graces that came from Calvary and the crucifixion of Jesus, the immaculate conception that that Mary is, is reverenced in a particular way. Because she was kept free from sin, right? And and that is not to the level of the divine. But we we go off of Dulia and say hyper Dulia, just meaning that she's extra she is extra special <laughs> in the way that she accompanied the Lord in in the way that she carried the Lord in the way that <clears throat> she brought the Lord into the world literally. So I, again, like I, I want to come back to the question: Why do people think that Catholics worship Mary? They think that because they have a particular, um, a particular way of understanding worship where if that is the case, it's blasphemy. But what I would say is, no, let's, let's simply go to those words and see that there is a worship due to God alone, because God is he from whom all grace flows, all blessing flows, all glory flows. And he flows because he likes to collaborate those graces through his people in specific ways. That's the story of the saints. That's the story of the saints now and the saints that have gone on. And so they're due a reverence. They're due a, uh, yeah, just like a a, a veneration that's not equal to that due to the divine, but is due to those who have lived lives that we want to emulate. That'd Mm. be my two cents.
1: That's a really good answer to that question. Well done, Brad. I'm going to give you a round of applause. That was impressive. Uh, I, I I would uh, to simplify I think it it, it just that's cuz that's what humans do yeah like when I love someone is I the show ju- them ju- honor sense, no, I'm, no just, I'm just like just like, like yeah it there. is it's it's what humans like I want I want you guys to be nice to my mom because she's my mom and if you care about me you're going to be mm-hmm. like you're going to care about my mom and I think there's mm-hmm. there's something so like of, we just honor people yeah. and uh who mm-hmm. deserve honor
0: yeah yeah well it's also funny like I wonder what you think about this Aaron but Jesus even like he shows us even in his fullness of humanity and fullness of divinity, like he humbles himself to like, he honors those around him. Like I'm thinking about his tears outside of the tomb of Lazarus Mm -hmm. where it's like Lazarus lived a life that was like, there's an honor being showed there. Right. Like there's, there's, there's a reverence being shown to, to the life of Lazarus. But also, um, I mean, we revere Mary because Jesus did. Yeah. Right. Like, um, Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking the wedding feast of Cana, like it's not my hour. And and Jesus is like, Hey, I kind of know how this thing's supposed to unfold. And (laughs) and Mary's just like, so faithful to him. So honoring of who he is that she says, do whatever he tells you. And then Jesus being so honoring to Mary says, Oh, the way that the way that you love me, I honor that and Mm. watch what I do now. Yeah,
2: one of my favorite uh sayings on that topic is that you you can never love Mary more than Jesus loves Mary. <laughs> yeah, that's a mic drop moment, so, right? <laughs> yeah. That's you, true. If you want to be like Jesus. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw my two cents oh, okay. actually. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, Erica challenged me to flip two at the same time. I'm thinking time. backboard too. If it
0: You <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, didn't even. It was, yeah. That was actually It was a reason I got to yeah. practice yeah.
2: it. Got to practice it. Okay. So, I think the reason that uh people question Catholic's devotion to Mary mm-hmm. is because they've got baggage because someone told them to, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that people haven't actually thought through it, but somebody feels that because I belong to a certain denomination or because I believe some th- a certain way that, uh, that therefore this other group must be wrong. And uh, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite uh, ways to answer this specific concern is to go to the teaching of the late great father of the Protestant Reformation himself. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther speaks in overwhelming love and devotion mm-hmm. of the Blessed Virgin. So if anybody ever thinks that, yeah, in order to be Protestant, I have to, uh, I have to reject the Catholic perspective on Our Lady. Uh, let, me, let me quote. <laughs> this is probably the first and last I time this will ever happen. That. I love that you researched
0: that too while I was
2: <laughs> well. Doing. So no, I mean just, just look it up. If you look up sure. Martin Luther on Mary and yeah. uh and there's there's tons of sites that'll mm-hmm. that'll come up to this effect. I heard this in a talk a couple couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the veneration of Mary is inscribed in the very depths of the human heart. That's Martin Luther. Mary is the highest woman and the noblest gem in Christianity after Christ. She is nobility, wisdom, and holiness personified. You can never honor her enough. Uh, he he prays, he, in a prayer uh, directed to Mary, no woman is like you. You are more than Eve or Sarah, blessed of all, above all nobility, wisdom, and sanctity. Mm-hmm. Um, you are praised, I'm sorry, Mary praised God for his deeds. How then can we praise her? Mm-hmm. The true honor of Mary is the honor of God. The praise of God's grace. Um, Mary is nothing for the sake of herself, but for the sake of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mary does not wish that we come to her, but through her to God.
0: Isn't that great? Yeah, that's so <laughs> great. Well, it just reminds me of uh, I went to um, I went to Italy a couple years ago with Nina, and when yeah. we went to Italy, I was standing in the Sistine Chapel, and you're just blown away. You know, you're just when you're when you first kind of look at it just how beautiful and perfect it looks and I was laughing when we came out because Mary was actually brought to my mind and I was thinking to myself like if Michelangelo was here yeah and I was saying how beautiful the Sistine Chapel was he wouldn't be like but what about me you know like he wouldn't be like guys like I'm the artist come on why are you looking at the Sistine Chapel look at me and it's like no because that doesn't make sense because Michelangelo poured his love into that So that we would see it. So <laughs> we would see it, exactly. And it really did, like, it sparked some. I remember, yeah. like, because we were about to go to Mary Major, one of the four basilicas there, um, major basilicas there in um, in Rome. And on our way there, I'm just thinking yeah. through the Sistine Chapel at St. Peter's, like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that... that makes so much sense.
2: So let me, Mm. let me set up question your assumptions, right? Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. you've ever been told that Catholics worship Mary, if you've ever engaged in the comments in a negative way, accusing Catholics of worshiping Mary, ask a Catholic, Yeah, like dig down, try to find the reality. Um, If you heard this from your church, if you heard this from your grandpa, right? It, it just may, it may be inaccurate.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's uh, ask a cat. Like I, if you ask any cat even if they're not like a, a a theologian or a like even if they don't go to mass every Sunday, hey, do you worship Mary? No, they're like no, <laughs> no no like yeah. and there, and there's nothing there no Catholic thinks they worship Mary like they we understand that God is God alone or there's <laughs> there's no part of us that is like thinking that and that's I, I think that's it's so silly because there's this it's been this propaganda um lie that's been disseminated just to yeah. to steal people from the faith which yeah. is is silly which i'm almost going to contradict wait, myself wait, wait, before you, do that, like two before yeah. you do that.
0: that can be insulting even though right because it, what it says is hey even though you think you're not doing it you are doing it yeah. and i just want you to know that all of you are wrong yeah. and it's like wait but that seems you're right and all of those <laughs> that you would talk to that say they're believing this thing are wrong i don't know Yeah, you're right my yeah, heart yeah, is directed yeah, towards you worship know my towards, towards yeah yeah right <laughs> Go right. for it. My two cents. Oh, Jesus oh, wow. <laughs> so I, it I will
2: say for the record, I have never gotten one in in and out.
0: <laughs>
1: I have.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm
1: ultimately okay. So um how to articulate what I'm thinking. So w- I think first of all, some uh, most of the time when we ask questions like this, why do people think that uh catholics worship mary i think a lot of times we get on the defensive right mm-hmm. away and we think that protestants are people of bad will as opposed to people of goodwill. so like mm. our protestant brothers and sisters they are people of goodwill. they love jesus they 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 love us as and they want salvation for man and so their intentions are good and so if we look at it from an intention like that their intentions are good and they're not out to like destroy mm. us then why do they think we worship her? It, it may be because sometimes the things we do cause them to think that we worship her. Yeah. Um, so there's orthodoxy and there's orthopraxy, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. sound, orthodoxy is sound teaching. And our teaching around Our Lady is sound, right? It's, or, it's orthodox, it's good. There's orthopraxy. And orthopraxy is sound practice. Uh, and, and sometimes the practice of our Marian devotion may um, not look to others as something that is a veneration, Mm -hmm. but it may look like more like superstition or worship. And Mm -hmm. you can think of entire people groups and entire cultures that maybe their Marian devotion, which Mm -hmm. our Marian teaching is orthodox and sound, but their Marian devotion takes on something that looks a little bit more like superstition and not uh, veneration. And so our own practices in different cultures, our own lack of catechesis around Marian devotion has led to people questioning where our heart is. And so I think we do give Mary a lot of attention. In orthodoxy, I think, yes, we should give her a lot of attention. And if you haven't researched Marian devotion and the power of Marian devotion and the beauty of Marian devotion, you absolutely should because there's so much power that comes from a sound, healthy devotion to Our Lady. But I think sometimes Catholics, they talk about Mary so much and they forget to talk about Jesus. And so, yes, does does Michelangelo get excited when we're talking how beautiful the Sistine Chapel is? Yes, but it would be nice to look to Michelangelo as well and say, hey, you did a Amazing job, you know. Like and, and and so sometimes our Catholic practice can be a, has been maybe the last two hundred years. Uh, uh, um, we haven't been Jesus centered enough. And to to give evidence of this, the last fifty years, our popes have been really challenging us. John Paul II, especially, to become more Christocentric in our catechesis, meaning to make Jesus the center of everything we do in catechesis, because. From the time of the Reformation on, our catechesis wasn't super Jesus-centered. And so our Protestant brothers and sisters who are people of goodwill are saying, listen, the way you pray sometimes, the way you evangelize sometimes, the way you talk sometimes, it isn't Jesus-centered enough. And perhaps instead of us saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, our orthodoxy is right— Maybe you can say maybe our practices have been a little inappropriate, and maybe some mm-hmm. cultures have gotten it a little wrong, and we can improve. And as Catholics, let's not be so like truth, truth, truth all the time and simply say, yeah, like we get it wrong sometimes, and our catechesis has been inappropriate, which has led to bad devotion, and we, we're trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And as Catholics, let's let's hunger to, to give Jesus and make Jesus' name like – the source and summit of what who we are to talk about Jesus more to love Jesus more and when we're evangelizing Protestants or or when we're starting to evangelize like make Jesus and his salvation to man the 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 center part of evangelization. I, I know that there are a lot of evangelization movements that are that use miraculous medals or uh, Marian uh, devotion as their primary means of evangelization, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But if when I'm doing that that primary use of the miraculous medal doesn't incorporate the name of Jesus or the salvation we receive from Jesus, then I need to check the way I'm evangelizing because Mm -hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So if people think that we worship Mary, it may be because we didn't use Jesus's name enough. And and let's just do that better to heal this division between Protestants and Catholics. Because Brad, as you pointed out, Aaron, as you pointed out, the division is stupid. So let's improve ourselves. take the plank out of our own eye before we start yelling about the splinter and others. Love it. I do
0: too. Yeah. I also love, I love that you gave the flip side of the coin too, because I do think that there's times when we simply want to put the responsibility on the other person to get their perspective, right? Yeah. Instead of to put the responsibility on us to to do something that might encourage them to think differently. Right. Because here's the thing is like I I love this concept whenever, whenever we're presented a challenge about ourselves, if we always presume that it's just the other person's perspective being off, that's never in our control. But the moment I say, well, actually there could be something I could do a little better. That's the moment it becomes mine again. Like I can actually get better from there. I don't have to be hopeless. There's, there's steps that can happen. I
1: remember we were doing an event when we first bought the like this property, mm-hmm. and we were opening our building up there. And the building wasn't even finished yet; it was still under construction. We had this event, and some neighbors came, and a, a neighbor came, and she was a fallen away Catholic, and and I forget, I I was speaking, and at when I was done speaking, she came up to me. She said, "I've never heard a a Catholic preach the gospel." And clearly she had heard Catholics in her Catholic upbringing preach the gospel, but in her perception, she had never heard a Catholic preach salvation through Jesus Christ. And and so I could say, well, like, well, you're wrong. You weren't paying attention enough at mass. You weren't like clear. Or I could say like, that's sad that your perception is that Catholics don't preach the gospel. Like that is sad. And I'm glad that my Catholic witness was able to heal that perception. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Because again, that's something that, that we can do. What do you think about it? I love, I love it. Yeah. I, <laughs> love, I, I love you. Aaron. I, I, I was like, I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm like grin get, from ear to ear. Yeah. I'm trying to get my, <laughs> my thoughts completely around it because I think we, um, we, we risk more by presuming malintent than good. intent. Yeah. yeah. And we do this all of the time. When someone challenges our presuppositions, they challenge a presupposition we have. And because we're so attached to it, we want to immediately attribute the most dismissible thing to the person which is well they their lens is totally off they have malintent they but but dialogue like requires me to hear the perspective they're having towards a, tr- a true thing and the perspective i'm having towards the true thing and then coming into where the true thing actually lies right and um and i i i really like again that the two sides of the coin suggest that yeah if if you're a protestant listening in today know that we as Catholics actively teach what was laid out in this episode, that there is a worship due to God alone. And then there's veneration and reverence that we give to those who have lived great lives because we want to live great lives. And what's the hallmark of a great life? The gospel alive in you. That's the hallmark of a great life. And if you're a Catholic listening today, then know that that's what we teach and that's what we should witness to the world is that we believe the gospel fully alive is the epitome of a good life, Amen. you know? Um, great. Let's move, um, to our more action oriented portion of, uh, the show mission momentum. So when you think about the conversation we've had today around Mary and around, yeah, just all the amazing topics that have come up, what is something that our listeners can take with them this week to put it into motion? I'll jump in first. Yeah. Uh, I
2: was reflecting on the power of testimony. So for my challenge for mission momentum this week, it would be to, instead of assuming or for better or worse, to ask somebody who you perceive as uh, being a faithful Catholic, what their experience of Mary has been. How did Mary touch their life? How did Mary transform their life? And just to adopt that, uh, that, that prayer as you hear testimony, God, that what what you've done in this person's life would you do it in mine
1: yeah that's awesome um i think a great mission momentum would be to um to 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 do something ecumenical this week so that me- meaning um relate with a protestant brother and sister as a catholic in a way that brings unity as opposed to division and so just ask yourself okay who are the the protestants i know in my everyday life and what could i do that would <clears throat> would be um, w- would foster unity as opposed to division. And so maybe that's asking them to read scripture together uh, or, or just asking them to pray together. But do, do something that fosters unity as opposed to division.
0: Yeah, that's good. I was going to say as um, mission momentum this week is to have a conversation with someone about the gospel just a conversation with someone about the gospel. It could be one of your coworkers that you know has a Christian background as well. It could be someone that you're sitting next to at mass on Sunday, could be your spouse, could be one of your kids, but just ha- have in your disposition, uh, like um, rather have a disposition that is looking to present the gospel and discuss the gospel at least one time this week because it's in, that, that's what we agree on. Let's get back to the, the heart of the matter so that all the other things can begin to fall in their right place. And that's awesome. 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 Okay. So you've heard it here that uh, why do people think that Catholics worship Mary? Well, because sometimes we've fallen into actions and things that might suggest that sometimes there might be a misunderstanding of what Catholics are saying when they say they love Mary. And we should even go to uh, our friends who have had disagreements in the past and see that there was, a lot of unity around this particular topic. Again, if you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad to have you. I said this somewhat flippantly at the beginning, but we have a donor that's promised $10 for every subscriber that we get in this season of Beyond Damascus. And that that $10 is gonna go towards camperships to our flagship program, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, where kids come and they hear the gospel proclaimed and their lives are changed. And so if you wanna be a part of the mission here at Damascus, feel free to hit that subscribe button and also to share this episode with someone who also might hit that subscribe button because we want as many kids as possible to encounter the love of Jesus. Go out, carry the mission that we've been talking about here today, and we'll see you next week here on Beyond Damascus. Hey guys, many uh, out? wait, you wait, wait! They say
1: mission makes sense. Do we need? Oh, do we what? need to?
0: Do we need to recut? Hey back guys, into the, uh, we
1: did a big old goof. Oh,
0: I was feeling so good about it too.